Attractionville. It's your host, Chris White and Benj Miller. You picked a very special day to tune in, guys. This episode marks our 50th podcast interview. Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. We're not even a year old. It's been an incredible journey. Uh, We want to thank our community that's growing every single week. We're now in over 25 countries around the world. Um, Everybody who's taken the time to review us on Apple Podcasts has given us a five-star review. Really grateful. Yeah, and we're hearing a lot of encouraging feedback from the community as well. Um, Our friend and listener, Ryan Henry out of Michigan, uh, calls Tractionville life-giving. Michael Harley, Daniel McGill, Stephen Morris, John Quasney, so many others of you have reached out to us through LinkedIn and on our website to express their appreciation for the podcast. And we just want to tell you guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening and connecting with us. Tractionville is all about building community with you and with some of the best in business and in the EOS tribe. Yeah, we also want to take a second and and thank Jill Young, Gina Wickman, Dan Sullivan, Mike Payton, Sangram Verge, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. So many great people have taken the time to sit down with us and share their wisdom with us, with you guys, with Tractionville. And today we saved a special one. So for our 50th, we have a very, very special guest with us, Chris Voss, former FBI international hostage negotiator and author of the incredible book, Never Split the Difference. It's a must read. I'm recommending it to everybody. I was a little intimidated by uh, interviewing him based on his ads for his masterclass popping up in my Instagram feed everywhere. But you guys, awesome human being. Yeah, and you're right, Bench. Um, his book is phenomenal. So are his masterclasses. Um, I've, I've enjoyed them. And, and to help celebrate that, uh, we're also going to give away 10 copies of uh, Chris's book, Never Split the Difference, to the first 10 listeners to share and reshare this episode. You can share it on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to share it on uh, social media, get it out there. And uh, we're going to send the first 10 a free copy of this amazing book by Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. Thank you, Tractionville community. We're looking forward to the next 50 episodes with you. Now let's get to this interview with Chris Voss. Neuroscience has mapped out that 75% of the real estate in the amygdala is specifically for negative thoughts. So our survival wiring is for us to be negative. You've got to do something in- intentionally to kick yourself into success mode. Success mode is positive. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White. Along with Benj Miller. All right, and today sitting in Tractionville, we have a recurring co-host, Mackenzie Reeves. Mackenzie, welcome back to Tractionville. Thanks for letting me be here. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we, uh, we, I think we're going to have some fun on this, uh, this episode. Um, we have got former FBI lead international kidnapping negotiator and author of Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss. Chris, welcome to Tractionville. Hey, I am happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Chris, you're getting a lot of exposure. Uh, the book, um, your classes, uh, your speaking, but I, I and I've read a lot about you. But I, I got to start with this one question: How does one become 
the lead international kidnapping negotiator. <laughs> well, I'm tempted to give you the Rocky Balboa answer. You know, I couldn't sing or dance. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you you go through high school, you go to, you know, what, what's your story? You know, I was just following one thing after another. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that the universe has a bit of a path laid out for you and it should be, uh, it should be a lot of fun. It should be, you know, an adventurous journey. And every now and then you get smacked hard and sent in another direction. I mean, I'm a hostage negotiator to start with because I, I tore up my knee. I mean, I was on a SWAT team. And, um, you know, I ended up and part of the path was the FBI sent me to New York and uh, I didn't particularly want to go to New York. And I loved being in New York. I absolutely loved it. And I got a massive amount of terrorism experience because I'd been a cop. They put me on a terrorist task force. And so my, ter you know, I got a I got a master class in terrorism while I was there. The right. cool thing about working terrorism with the FBI you know, everybody that gets in there, because it's politically charged by definition, and it's people struggling against some of them against what they think their freedoms have been impinged on. So what does that mean? What does that, what that tends to mean is everybody who works terrorism tends to study the people that we're up against a lot. You know, we want to know where they came from, what they're thinking about, why they feel they're their politics or their religion has been infringed upon to the point where they have to be violent in order to take action. And so we study it a lot. And, and then, and I, and I love being around with guys who wanted to learn and wanted to do the right thing. So the terrorism experience, it is about putting bad guys in jail, but it's about, you know, you got to lock people up that have taken an illegal action on behalf of something, a freedom that you hold precious to begin with. So it's an interesting navigation to work that kind of stuff. You want to know about who they are. You want to understand what, you know, what their journeys were, which then plays right into negotiation. Great negotiation is about really understanding where the other side's coming from hmm. and not being able afraid of having a conversation with someone you have a massive disagreement with and not arguing. And how do you establish a relationship with the other side and find out how do we collaborate on this mess? So terrorism was a, was a great feed for me to get into negotiation and then ultimately business negotiation. Because, mm. you know, I started collaborating with Harvard when I saw that they defined empathy as not being nice, not having sympathy, not liking or agreeing with the other side, just completely understanding them. And then being able to articulate that understanding. And I'm like, wow, that, that's what I did for years, working terrorism. You know, how do I have a conversation? How do I actually listen to the other side without condoning their actions? Yeah. So it was a natural transition all the way through. Did it actually hurt you being a negotiator? Like, I imagine I've never had to be like a terrorist or a criminal to be negotiated with. But the minute they say, hey, I'm Chris Voss, the negotiator, all my walls go up. All my defenses go up. This guy's going to manipulate me. Uh, did you almost is there almost a hurdle that gets created in the initial interaction in those conversations well you know that's really kind of interesting you put it that way because the only part of a negotiation that a negotiator scripts is the first two or three sentences and the amount of time that we spend on the first sentences and the discussion back and forth to pick every word for its emotional impact and then being able to go into a complete 
dance from that point forward. So I would never say I'm Chris Voss, the negotiator. First of all, the, how, how, do, how, do you, how do you carve that down? I'm Chris. I leave the last name off and I leave my title out. So a couple of possible openings and depending upon, you know, who you talk to as to which one they're going to go with. But I might start out with, I'm Chris, I'm here to talk to you about coming out. And I'd say it just like that. Or they'd, one, of my, one of the guys I work with, one of the smartest hostage negotiators I ever worked with, a guy named Vince D'Alfonso. You know, Vince's version was, I'm Vince. Are you okay? Because, and, and first of all, said like that and with those words, because what's, you're the terrorist, what do you expect? You expect me to be formal and official, and you expect me to talk about the hostages. The last thing you expect me to ask about is you. A negotiator's got to say something, business or hostage, and that's why these two fit together exactly. My first two sentences have to catch you completely off guard and make you wonder what the heck I'm going to say next. You're so caught off guard. Now, in that moment, when I've got your, I've got your curiosity completely up, that you're also open at that moment. And you're also smarter at that moment. Curiosity is, is an emotional hack. So for me to get you into the, to kick you into a collaborative phase without you even knowing it, I got to make you deeply curious as to what the heck I'm going to say next. <laughs> now we're in collaboration. How do you keep your call? Maybe it's 150 reps. <clears throat> in international hostage, which I'm mortified to know that there are that many cases out there, but you know, maybe it's the reps, but for somebody who doesn't have the reps or might be newer, might be negotiating, you know, we negotiate every day. We just don't know it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Employees and vendors and all that. Um, when, when things are, when things really matter, we tend to get more and more reserved and clam up. How did you learn to, or maybe it was natural for you. I don't know. How did you Nothing learn to natural. control yourself? Well, I didn't want to assume. Yeah. So what can we learn? Yeah, you can learn it all, man. It's easy. I mean, uh, my, son, my, my son Brandon runs my company. We're talking to some people the other day, and he used Michael Jordan as an analogy. How does Michael Jordan hit the game-winning shot? He practiced it on a court by himself. You know, he got his small stakes practice in. Small stakes practice for high stakes results. So, you know, we're in a conference call the other day. We're saying like, all right, so call your utility company up and work on renegotiating your bill. Um, here's the method. Call your credit card company up. Work on negotiating your bill. Call them with one goal in mind. To make the person on the other end of the phone make their day better. Period. Now, that's an easy goal to accomplish. So you call your negotiate, you call small stakes bill up. Um, bill that you got anyway, bill that you're going to pay. If your only goal is to make that customer service rep feel better about themselves in their day, then there's no way you're not going to have a successful call. The fringe benefit is maybe you get a better utility bill. That's how we get our small stakes practice in. Now, the purpose of that to also, too, there's some laws of, of uh, gravity that we deal with. Never be mean to somebody who could hurt you by doing nothing. Well, if you give that some thought, you're like, well, that's probably everybody I talk to. 
Well, then the flip side of that coin is everybody you talk to could probably help you if they felt like it. So your goal for calling a customer service rep, I'm here to tell you every customer service rep in every company that there is has been, been empowered in some small way to make you happy to get you off the phone or to get you out of their face. I guess it's one of the reasons why we negotiate, we ask for suite upgrades in every hotel we walk into. They might not have any suites, but I know the person behind the counter is empowered to give me 10,000 points on my, on whatever frequent customer account I have just to make me go away. They got something. Everybody's got something. Now it's probably limited, but they've all, you know, their employer does not want them getting their butt handed to them in every call. They got something they could throw you to make you happy to get you off the phone. Your utility company person, your credit card company person, they could help you if they felt like it. So if your goal is to make them feel better about themselves in a day, you just increase the probability that they'll throw you that token that they were given as a chip to get you an angry person off the phone. Now here's a chance to do something nice for a nice person, which now they get a double whammy. Instead of throwing that shit to somebody who was, you know, ranting and raving at them, they're like, I finally got a chance to help somebody out who was nice here. So, you know, get your small stakes practice in, then when you get ready to get into a big negotiation, it's gonna be second nature. Many entrepreneurial business leaders are overwhelmed, burnt out, and frustrated. They know they need to delegate to an assistant but they don't think they can afford one and they don't want the responsibility of managing one. At Delegate Solutions, we provide leaders with a different approach to admin support without the hassles of committing to an employee. We support clients remotely in as little as one to two hours per day, all the way through to full time. We provide delegation coaching to help you figure out what and how to delegate strategically. Our team of thinkers and doers join forces to get things done so you're free to focus on what you do best. Learn more about how we can help by visiting www.delegatesolutions.com. How much do, I'm just thinking about my own fear of rejection and yeah. failure. And yeah. there, was a, there was a great YouTube video of this guy who had a fear of rejection. So he set out to get rejected a hundred days in a row and <laughs> asked for some ridiculous stuff. Like, you know, he went into Dunkin' Donuts. It was like, I need donuts in the shape and color of the Olympic rings. And people were like, <laughs> it was amazing the stuff people did for him. They let him drive his Lamborghini and on and on and on. And it was, uh, he, all he had to do was ask. And I'm like, man, that guy's, that guy's amazing. And I'm like, I want to do that, but yet I still don't. So I'm, I'm thinking about, um, like, do you, is everything a game become a game when you, when you're walking around when you're having normal life? Is it a game? That's a great approach. And you know, what you're doing to yourself, your, your natural human wiring. A lot of people think I'm, you know, I beat myself up. We're, we're actually wired survival or survival wiring is negative you know and that's a cool thing about we among all the stuff that we study is neuroscience and neuroscience tells us the brain is 75 percent negative we got something in our everybody has something in their brain called an amygdala if you're human you got an amygdala it's kind of like your respiratory system if you're human you got lungs if you're human you got a heart if you're human you got a 
amygdala. The amygdala is the heart of your emotional wiring in your brain. Neuroscience has mapped out that 75% of the real estate in the amygdala is specifically for negative thoughts. Now, this is not speculation. This is hard science. Now, I'm a, I'm a Midwestern guy. If 75% of the real estate is dedicated to a specific activity, I have a tendency to think that's a dominating activity. So our survival wiring is for us to be negative. You've got to do something in, intentionally to kick yourself into success mode. Success mode is positive. How do, you, how do you kick yourself out of survival into success? Make it a game, like what you just said. Or have a goal to get rejected. And then if your goal is to get rejected and now suddenly you're succeeding, you're like, holy cow, what is it? Am I magic? Is the universe generous? Is it both? It doesn't matter. Because <laughs> when you start running the odds and then, then you just kind of realize, well, we're in a Las Vegas world. We're not in an ivory tower world. What does that mean? Ivory towers, some got to work all the time. Las Vegas is something just has to work enough. And then you start finding out about the stuff that works enough and you're good. Before we got started, you were talking about the climate that we're in right now. And we've entered a, a world of renegotiation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I, I, I love this climate. You know, um, the world is being compressed. The recognition of what's going on now is everything that in, in our life is an accelerated change. It's either accelerating by 2x or 10x. Some of the stuff that we touch that's going on in our world, we're going to see 10 years of progress in the next year because of this mashup on, of the pandemic. So crisis mode, it's a cliche that it's an opportunity mode. And, but it is. And it, everyone is acutely aware of the costs of comfortable inaction. When we're out of crisis mode, Kennedy's got a quote from way back when the 1960s, the risks and costs of comfortable inaction far exceed the costs of action. And I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm, I virtued it in some way, but Kennedy was trying to get us to make moves now. And we should make moves now because by and large, the failure rate's not as high as we imagine it to be. But in a crisis, we, got, we have to act. Everybody knows if I sit still, things are going to be worse tomorrow if I sit still. I got to make a move. And all right, so let's make a move. Let's see what happens. You know, let's convene a war room. Let's start looking at our feedback right away. Let's get after this. Let's increase our communication. But, oh, we can't sit around and shoot the breeze for an hour and have everybody feel like we got something done. We have to actually get something done when we meet. Oh, let's make a list. All right, so, so the list didn't do us any good. Let's let the list be next steps because we're getting our butt handed to us here. And so now this is the opportunity to get on this wave, this tsunami that's going. Tsunami's a wave, man. The tsunami's going. You can't sit back. And if you're not in a renegotiation, give it 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what do you uh, and your team at Black Swan. So what, what's the impact and what are you doing to move your organization right now? Well, um, we had been tempted about doing more stuff online and had uh, minimized our efforts because we were so successful on in-person stuff. And 
so and our calendar was eaten up with in-person events i mean we actually needed a breather yeah and so and we'd always wondered like is there more to be done on online stuff could we get smarter could we get better well we got no choice now that's right you know we got no choice so all right let's 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 guess. You know, we, we're, we're, we're big believers in swags, scientific wild-ass guesses. You know, <laughs> biggest swag. That's and right. And pay attention to what happens. You know, what's our, we don't know what to do. Well, what's your gut reaction? Uh, let's try this. And, you know, I, I'm far, I'm the most tolerant of mistakes, I think, on my team. And the least tolerant of failing to learn or failing to think. Mm. So I, you know, people are, I'm scared I'm going to do something wrong. And my answer is I want you to do something wrong. I'm going to get mad at you if you don't learn from, it. you know, my, my son, the president of the company, again, he really wants to get stuff right. He feels heavy duty pressure on to get things right. Yeah. And what I love about this time frame is uh, he knows that we, he, that's a luxury that we cannot afford. We got to, we got to, we got to take a swag and we got to pay attention to what happens. So what do we price this at? I don't know. Let's throw this price out. What, what feels good to your gut? Let's see what the response is. And we're rocking and rolling. And we're paying very close attention to the data because the mm. great thing about the online world is it'll give you tons of data if you look for it. Tell us how, I know you're working with uh, US implementer Jonathan Smith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a whole nother conversation, Chris, but no, uh, Jonathan, we love Jonathan, we love Jonathan um, and what he's doing, but tell us about, you know, your, your experience um, with EOS. How's EOS helping you through this time? We haven't missed a beat because of it. Not, 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 a, not a moment. Now we hmm. were lucky that we were already virtual to begin with, but even if we weren't, I think we'd have shifted into this really quickly. And a little bit more, you know, Jonathan, our relationship with Jonathan developed over like classic good practices. Like I got introduced to Jonathan by pure accident at a, you know, at a business tower club environment in DC. We just said hello to each other and there was enough interest there. And, and Jonathan was generous towards my son and Brandon and I for several years in a row with no expectations coming back, you know, Keith Ferrazzi's book, Never Eat Alone. Uh, Keith and I share co-author, Tal Raz. I read his book way back when, and Keith's entire approach to business is generosity. Um, Never Eat Alone is a phenomenal networking book. But it was about being generous. And, you know, that's how you get ahead. That's how you have great relationships. And you see who's generous back to you. And Jonathan was always more generous towards us than we were to him. And so I had a gathering, you know, I brought business people together. I used to live on a boat in DC. I invited him to come along to introduce him to people. And, you know, we just start slowly uh, doing generosity. And he keeps telling us about this EOS stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm an ad lib guy. So I'm like, I don't want organization. That's, you know, <laughs> organization, who needs organization? Yeah. <laughs> the other joke in my company is uh, I'm the Joker from Batman. You know, where he says, do I look like a guy with a plan? <laughs> you know, that's, that's me. I'm the joke. <laughs> so, but he, he keeps, finally, I, I, I say to my son, you know, like, you know, this Jonathan guy's a good dude. I don't see how this EOS, I really do not see it. I do not see it. 
But we would also preach process and negotiation all the time and letting go and let, you know, let the system, let the process catch you. And I kept saying that enough times. And I'm like, that's what Jonathan keeps telling us. I, maybe I should listen to what the words that are actually coming out of my mouth. And so we sit down and he's got us focused on all this shit. And I mean, I'm thinking like, yeah, how, how the hell core values? I, you know, what do I got to define core values for? He's like, no, man, I'm telling you, you know, you got to go, go through the process. And he kept yeah. telling us, just let go and go through the process. And, and bang, six months later, a year later, two years later, and now we hit the pandemic and we, we don't blink. Hmm. I mean, we don't blink hmm. because we got EOS set up. We got a, we got a great EOS coach. And we just had another meeting today where we further refined it. Like I'm from the government, but the government didn't invent death by meeting. We are communicating five times more than I ever thought would have been needed. Yeah. Like constant communication, constant and constantly moving forward. And I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm insanely optimistic. Like we can handle anything. And if, if we weren't running EOS, we'd be as lost as everybody else's. Hmm. That's a great testimonial. Chris, what does it mean to let the process catch you? Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there are times when you got to say to yourself, look, I do not see the, the line from what you want me to do to where I want to be. I do not see that line. I'm, and I'm here to tell you, for example, spending as much time we spent articulating core values. I'm like, I do not see how that's going to impact anything that we do. Ah, you know, I got instinct. I got gut. Yeah. It's obvious. You know, it's obvious what I mean by be a team player. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not obvious. It's obvious what I mean by blue collar. No, it is not. And I'm like, I do not see the correlation between what you want me to do and where I want to be. And that's exactly what, what happens with empathy. Like we, we teach people all the time, look, all you got to do, summarize what they're saying, summarize the, the facts, summarize their emotions, articulate, articulate uh, how the negative emotions. Driver, that's right. All you got to do is get a that's right out of the other side. And we coach people that and they say like, well, what good is that going to do? How do I get what I want? I don't understand how the other guy saying that's right is going to get my deal. And we'd say, well, just, it will, you know, it's a magic spell. Sprinkle that fairy dust on top of them and the world is going to change. And people would say, well, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see how that would work. Now we did it enough times that I know that getting a that's right out of the other side is a game changing moment. The other, the, the other side will give you your deal. We got somebody telling us, explaining that exact scenario to us just two days ago. But I've been through, I've been through it enough and I trust the process. I know that if I get it, that's right out of you, magic stuff is going to happen because I've been through the process and I completely trust it. I, I let myself go. The net is going to catch me. And that was the way we were with the OS. I'm like, you're asking me to jump off the cliff and I got no idea if there are rocks down there. And Jonathan would be like, just let go, <laughs> let go. 
and fun. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> well, Chris, I, I want to ask you about that. Um, cause it seems like I'm imagining you're the visionary, um, for your, that's what I think. <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> Maybe your team wouldn't say that. No, um, no they agree. They agree. The visionary <laughs> is a, is a, is a, is a combination of the Joker and a toddler and all, all these crazy things. Um, well, but being, being that inherently and, and then learning over time, it seems to embrace a system that is super, super, uh, organized and structured. How did you get there? I mean, what, it, when, when, uh, you say, you, you know, like falling into that process, what was like the hardest part of that for you as a visionary? You know, I, I, I have always uh, felt very confined by processes until I find myself discovering that I actually had a process. You know, mm -hmm. I thought I'm completely ad lib and I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I have a process. And then, um, you know, Dan Sullivan says, thinking about your thinking. You know, you hear Dan say that enough times and, and then you go to yourself, oh, Maybe I had to think about my thinking. <laughs> you know, he beats it into your head, finally. Yeah. And so then I go like, oh, wait a minute, I, I actually do have a process. And the stuff that I've been describing as gut instinct, when I'm trying to explain it to somebody else, it actually mirrors so much in reality what we're trying to do with EOS or, you know, the, the bare bones of EOS and we're, you know, we're using Asana now, we just went through an organization of something through Asana, that now then what you can then adapt EOS into what your process is. And then you, you, you realize that you have a process and you have a system of thinking and it's going to mirror very close to what Asana and EOS want you to do, or you can then adapt it to what you have found works best in your environment. And so it's the recognition that system thinking exists under all circumstances. And now instead of feeling confined, I feel it's streamlined. And, and then that's the recognition that, yeah, this is not, this is not confining. It's streamlining. It's giving us more freedom. And we'll get everybody linked over to the black swan ltd.com. If you're wondering where to, to find this black swan ltd.com. Chris, as we wrap up today and you think about, um, First of all, thank you. This is one of those episodes I'm going to have to listen to a few times to make sure I, I internalize everything we talked about today. Because uh, you're saying, what the hell was that guy talking about? He's so <laughs> No, no. What no, the no. hell did he just say? Well, well I learned slowly, <laughs> yeah, too, right. so yeah. I'll be listening multiple times as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I grabbed right, right away is the swag, the scientific wild-ass guesses. Yeah. That's because you dropped a curse word in there, so it sticks. Uh, <laughs> Tony Robbins style there. All right, so um, as we're wrapping it up, I just if, as you think about, you know, you know you're part of this EOS community but you have such a vast depth, interesting knowledge base in a certain area. Give us some piece of wisdom, encouragement, what's top of mind that you would, you would say, Hey, here's my billboard for all of, of, of Tractionville. I want them to know this. Yeah. Jump in and hear the other side out first. Uh. You know, you, the, the, that, that is, that's a hack. It seems really indirect, but it accelerates conversations in an insane fashion. And in crisis time, we're short on time. As a matter of fact, the only thing we should have a scarcity mindset towards is our time. 
it's a commodity that everybody has. It's the same as Warren Buffett's. It's the same as Oprah Winfrey's. We all got 24. So how do you accelerate the use of your time? Empathy here on the other side out is an accelerator. And it's one of those process things. Like, I don't see how that's going to get me to where I got to go. And you try it a couple of times and you get a few quantum leaps in conversations. And you're like, wow, I don't know what just happened, but I got to try this some more. So good. Chris, you've been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Tractionville, I know you got something out of this episode. So jump me, on uh, iTunes can, and, and rate us, share this. Can I, can I turn people on to my newsletter? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, let me, let me throw that out. Um, the Black Swan Group's newsletter comes out on Tuesday mornings, and it's, a, it's complimentary. So it's good price. A friend of mine, friend of Vince, the guy that I mentioned earlier, he used to like to say the federal employee's mantra was, if it's free, I'll take three. So free is a good price. <laughs> well, that's perfect. We'll, we'll double down on the knowledge on Tuesdays then. We've got your newsletter and uh, Tractionville Tuesday. Uh, Chris, is that on your, your website? Sign up there? Well, uh, the easiest way to sign up, we got a text to sign up function. If you text the words Black Swan Method, not case sensitive, and spaces between the words, Send the the words Black Swan Methods to thirty three triple seven. That's three three seven seven seven. You get a uh, request back for your email address. It'll sign you right up. The newsletter's short, sweet, and actionable. I like all those things. That's great. Thank you, Chris. Tractionville. We'll see you back here next week for Tractionville Tuesday.